to continue with our series on James called Learning and Living a Faith that Works. We're actually in week number seven, um, which is kind of crazy for me, um, but we're excited about um, where we're at in this series. We're actually going to be in James chapter three. We're going to basically be in three thirteen through 18. We're going to finish out chapter three and next week we'll start chapter four. So we're getting very, very close. And obviously, again, our main theme for this is James one. Uh, for one through one uh, B, and that is that you may be made perfect or mature and complete, lacking in nothing. So really, this is about our growth. This is about us understanding that we can grow and experience God in a greater way, in a new, uh, a more special way, as we have to understand that. Uh, this, the theme for our section that we're going to be talking about today is really true wisdom comes from God, and we're going to start with James chapter three, verses number thirteen through eighteen. I'm going to read that for us, and then we'll jump right in. If you are wise and understand. God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life. Do good works with the humility that comes from wisdom, but if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there, is, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. But the wisdom that comes, above, comes from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of of righteousness. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And God, right now, God, we need you. I need you. God, I need you to, to help me to say the things that you want to be, be said. And Father, everybody that's here besides me needs to have you open their ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. We need you in this moment because, God, we don't know what you want to do inside of us. All we know is that you desire to do something inside of us and change us and help us grow. And so, God, as we look at these things, as we study these things, Father, I pray that you would open our hearts in ways that we never have had them open before. And that, Father, your words, which are powerful and change us, would do that today. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. The first thing we're going to talk about is this understanding of using and showing true wisdom. If you look at James 3, verse number 13, you're going to basically see this. If you are wise and understand God's ways... Prove it by living an honorable life. Do good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. So we got to understand here, once again, James is saying, listen, it's not just so much telling me you got wisdom or understanding. It's actually using it. It's actually taking a situation and actually using it in our lives to make a difference here. Okay? And when we talk about this, we have to understand there's, there's a big difference here. And I think James is alluding to this between the understanding of knowledge and the understanding of wisdom. There's a big difference. Now, I know that some of you will know this. Some of you will not. So I'll explain it to all of you. But I'm just kind of curious. Um, when I was a kid, I did something that was really amazing and crazy all at the same time. I was in a program called Royal Rangers. Now, I'm, I'm watching smiles from moms and dads. I'm watching kind of grins and things like that. Royal Rangers, if you don't know what Royal Rangers is, it's basically a Christian uh, understanding of Boy Scouts, okay? 
various things. So, so you learned how to tie knots. You got badges. You did all these, these fun things. And I started in Royal Rangers when I was real young, and then you kind of progress up. Once I got, got youth age, they kind of were like, hey, um, I'm glad you like Royal Rangers, but the youth group goes on at the same time. Maybe you should go to youth group. And I don't think they were really trying to get rid of me, but now as an adult, I know exactly what they were doing. They were trying to get rid of me. But I was in Royal Rangers, and one of the great things about being in Royal Rangers in my world was that eventually, I can't remember if it was Buckaroos, or every, every age group had a little name. It was like, I, I think they've changed them now, but back in the day, it was Straight Arrows, and then Buckaroos, and then Pioneers, and then Trailblazers. Is that, yeah, okay, good. That's, I, I remember that. And I remember you would start, and you'd come in, and you'd have like a, a formation, and you'd, you'd the flag and the pledge and all that. And it was always great. And then you'd go. And in the summer, it was awesome. I love the summer at Royal Rangers because you go outside and you shoot bows and arrows and BB guns and all this. The winter was horrible for me because it was like, let's learn how to tie a knot. Here's a book on how to tie a knot. If you ask me to tie a knot today, you will realize I did not do well in that section of Royal Rangers. Okay? But there was one time that was really special. And this, and, and some of you, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make your, your life so happy right now. It was where you could get your cut and chop card. Yeah. Okay. One of these days, I'm sure the guy that made this program is now in heaven, because it's been around for a long time. I'm going to have a talk with that man. Because I'm going to say, so, what possessed you to think it was a good idea to teach six or seven-year-olds how to handle sharp objects? But basically, you would take a test, and you would learn all about, oh, this is, this is a knife, and this is a pocket knife, and this is an axe, and this is how you use a hatchet, and all these sort of things. And if you did it all right, if you filled out your test, you got a card. And I remember them. And I've actually, I, I, I love that you guys are laughing at this. I, I actually, like, Googled it and saw it was a cut and chop card. And that meant that you had the right, because... God must have formed the Royal Rangers, so God gave you the right to be able to use sharp objects. And not only that, but just in case you had any doubt about that, they gave you a pocket knife. So you got a pocket, which, which was, that's all it took. You know, for me, it was like, wait, we get something? Yeah, if you did the test, you get your card, you get, okay, I'm in. So I got a pocket knife. Now, the thing could not cut hot butter in August, okay? But it was still a pocket knife. The problem with the pocket knife is I took my pocket knife to my great-grandfather, okay, who lived in Arkansas, who spent the majority of his aging life whittling. And I showed great-grandpa, great-grandpa Paul, here's my pocket knife. And he, first thing he did. Let's go find a way to sharpen this thing so I could shave with it, you know. So he goes, and he gets it nice and sharp, and so I'm going, oh, this is great. I got a pocket knife. I learned something in that whole situation. There is a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Okay? There is a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is knowing the truth. Wisdom is knowing what to do with it. I find in my spiritual life, I am a lot like that. I know the truth. 
I know what the word says. I know how to look at things and see different parts of it. I understand those things. I, I know that God is with me. I know that God's not going to leave me. I know that God loves me. I know that I should have peace. I know all these things. But sometimes my wisdom doesn't show that I know it. You see, because if you had a problem with your cut and chop card, they would li- I, I can imagine, I, this never happened to me because I was smart enough not to do something crazy around adults. Now, when I was by myself, I was doing nutty things. But if you, got, if you did something wrong with your cut and chop card, they would, take the, they, they would take a corner and they would cut a corner off. Yeah, I, I can imagine how, how devastating that would be. You know, I had a friend that we were at a camp out and he had his cut, his, his chop card and he got somebody, kid made him mad or something like that. And he grabbed an axe and he's chasing this kid with an axe around the campfire. I remember the commander, what are you doing? Grabbed his cut and chop card and just like cut it into 400 million pieces. You know, like you lost it all right there and there. He had the knowledge, but he didn't have the wisdom. You see, what we have to understand here, what James is is talking about, is not just the knowledge, but having wisdom with it. To know what to do with that knowledge. You see, that's the action part. A lot of times, I I look at it this way, and you may see it differently, and that's fine. I look at knowledge as being here in my head. I have knowledge here. Wisdom comes from my heart. It understands more about what I've read and what I've studied and helps me to apply it to my life. It doesn't do me any good to say, I know I have God's peace in every situation if I don't actually live that out. And I find this in the church a lot. Is I see people who know it, but don't live it. They have the knowledge, but they don't have the wisdom. And there's two different things here. James here is not just talking about the head knowledge. He's talking about having the wisdom to use that knowledge to make a difference in your life and in the life of others. So we have to understand that. There's this understanding of using and showing. Using and showing. Don't just tell me you have wisdom. Show it by how you live your life. Don't just tell me, don't, you listen, listen, if, if you're great at regurgitating information, <laughs> sweet, awesome, great. But if all that is, is regurgitating information, all you've really got is a pile of regurgitated knowledge on the floor. That doesn't change a lot of people's lives. Knowledge is great. Don't misunderstand me. Studying, awesome, needs to happen. You know, it's kind of like this, going back to the, the cut and chop card. Without the knowledge, you're not going to get your card. Okay? But without wisdom, you're going to lose your card. Does that make sense? And that's what James is saying here. So after he begins to talk about this in James 13, now he moves into 13, uh, 14 and 16. And now he starts to kind of give us this under, a deeper understanding of wisdom. And so he's going to basically give us some characteristics, first, of earthly wisdom. So he's going to start here. He's going to say, listen, now, now that you've understood there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom, now I want to break this down and give you an understanding of what type of wisdom we should be desiring and what type of wisdom we should be looking at. And so he starts in James chapter 3, verses 14. And it says basically this. He says, but if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. 
Such things are earthly, spiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. Every kind. So we're going to start here and we're going to look here at a little bit of the characteristics of earthly wisdom. But before we do, let's look at Philippians. And we're going to see Philippians 2, 3, and 4 because it says this. This is Paul writing. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility. And again, we see this working through James and again in Paul. This understanding of humility. Value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but, in, but each of you to the interest of others. And so we have to understand here that now we got to look here at the, the characteristics of earthly wisdom. Because here's the thing. If, if, if I just say, stay away from earthly wisdom, but we don't know what earthly wisdom looks like, it's sometimes hard to understand that. It's hard to see what earthly wisdom is. James knew that. He was a smart guy. And so he spells it out here for us. He spells it out for us here basically in verse number 15. And so he basically says, listen, if you want to understand what earthly wisdom is, and he gives us three different things. Three different understandings, so kind of three different things that we can check to understand. First, earthly wisdom, of course, is earthly. Okay? It's earthly. And what is earthly? What is James trying to say here? He's basically saying it's an understanding that only has this life in view. Now, we as Christians have to understand something. This here, okay, and this is, I know this is hard to understand. Okay? This is one of those knowledge things, at least for me. I understand it, but it's really hard to let it penetrate who I am and, and affect the way I live my life. But this here, okay, this is temporary. All this stuff is going back to the dirt. This stuff is going to go back to dirt. Okay? Back to the dust. It's all going to go away. But it's hard to understand that. Okay? It's hard to see that because, because the idea of eternity is so hard to comprehend. Because, I mean, think about how you always tell a kid about eternity. What's eternity? Well, it's forever. What's forever? Well, it just goes on and on and on. When's it stop? It does. It just goes on and on and on. What does that mean? It just goes on and on and on. It just never stops. Yeah, well, that doesn't make sense because everything here stops. Everything here will stop. Listen, I know some of you are sitting there going, it's almost this time, and then he will stop. And then we will go have lunch. And then we will do this. And then we hope that never stops. You know, if you got a good lunch, you don't want that to stop. But everything here is going to stop. You are going to, unless God comes back and takes us all home, we are going to be born. We are going to live for a certain amount of time that God has set out. And then we are going to die. We can't stop it. We can't change it. That's just what's going to happen. And we have a hard time as people sometimes understanding it. Listen, death for us is only the beginning. Listen, funerals are hard. Funerals are difficult. I don't like to do funerals. It's not something like, oh, yay, I get to do a funeral today. But at the same time, when it's someone that I know had a relationship with Jesus, that's not the end. That's their beginning. That's, that's when everything starts. I remember when my grandfather passed away. My dad called me maybe 10, 5 minutes after he passed. I was not with him when he, when he passed away. I was in Albuquerque. He was in Kansas City. My dad called, and, 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 and he said, Grandpa's gone home. And I hung up the phone, and my, my Emily was there, and I just cried. And I cried for me five, ten minutes, and then I kind of stopped. And I was still sad, but I looked at my wife, and I said, Can you imagine what Grandpa has experienced in the last 15 minutes? 
It wasn't his end. It was just the beginning. But earthly wisdom says this is all we got. You got to make the most of it right now. You got to do it what's best for you. Because if you don't do what's best for you, when this life is over, it's it. It's done. That's what earthly wisdom is. It's a temporal wisdom. It's a wisdom that sees today. Let me explain something about God's wisdom here. God's wisdom sees tomorrow and the next day and all eternity. That's why we trust his wisdom, not man's wisdom. Because we don't know what's going to happen this afternoon. You can say, well, I'm going to go have lunch here. And I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Listen, listen, you may think you're going to know where you're going to have lunch. A couple weeks ago we said, we're going to have lunch here. We showed up at the restaurant. It was closed. We were remodeling the place. We don't know nothing. And earthly wisdom is that. Earthly wisdom is an understanding of just right now. Next, unspiritual. Unspiritual is based on human feeling and reason without God's help or input. God's, without God, listen, listen. We don't, we, we, we try to make the best decisions that we can. But unspiritual is understanding that we're not going to God for help. Okay? And you're not going to God for help. We're basing it on our feelings and our own intellect. Which, no matter how smart you think you are, I say this with all the love I can muster, you're not smart enough. Because again, you don't know where you're going to have lunch this afternoon. You don't know what's going to happen in the next 20 minutes. I have a better idea than you, because I have my notes. But other than that, (laughs) you don't know. Okay? Unspiritual. Making those things on that. And then, and then just in case you had any question that this was not the type of wisdom we want, James goes one step farther and literally calls it demonic. Demonic. Earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. And basically here is inspired by demons that leads to destruction. So just in case you had any question that this is not the type of wisdom we need, he goes, it's demonic. Now I want you to think about that for a second. These are all three things that are working together. When we make decisions based on our own human reason, our own human intellect, our own human situation, without, without understanding the, the whole scope of things, we are literally making decisions that are demonic, that are going to lead to our destruction. That's a big deal. You wonder why people's lives are in such a mess. Because they're making choices based on earthly, unspiritual, and demonic wisdom, which is crazy, which is not what God has for us. So let's move on. Let's look now at some characteristics of heavenly wisdom, because James spells these out for us, starting in chapter number 17. And it says, but the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. So now he moves on to what is heavenly wisdom. And look, I'm not into reinventing the wheel. I think he's done a great job. We just need to look at what he's written and kind of understand what he's wanting us to understand. So we're just going to go through the list that he wrote because he's smarter than I am and his words got put in the canon of scripture. So these are God's words, not mine. So we'll use his. And it says this, first of all, it's pure. It's pure. It's the absence of any sinful attitude or motives. When God gives us wisdom, there's not sin attached to it. Let's be honest. When we go and we ask other people for wisdom, usually there's some sinful attitudes and motives involved. But with God, his wisdom is pure. It's completely and totally pure, which is unbelievable. Next, it's peace-loving. 
which is gentle and kind, even when we have, not a, re- uh, we have a reason not to be. I was looking, I was studying it this week, trying to figure out, you know, what does peace-loving mean? And basically what I really got out of it was basically that God is peace-loving. This is, this is a term that he's called. And basically what that means is basically that God had every right to punish But because he loved you and loved peace so much, he said, I won't. Peace loving, a desire to be gentle and kind when we have no reason to be. Next is gentle. Gentle, knowing how and when to forgive when strict justice gives him a perfect right to condemn. Gentleness, gentleness. Next, yielding, yielding. Not rigid, but is willing to listen and skilled, and I want you to check that out, skilled in knowing when to wisely, when wisely to yield, okay? Now, let me, let me let's stop here for a second because I want to I talk about this. This is not being wishy-washy, okay? This is understanding in humility that you don't know everything, okay? That maybe, just maybe, God has put people in our lives who are better at things than you are and that can help you see things in a different way. This is not saying somebody comes in and says something totally unbiblical and something totally unscriptural and we're going, oh, I'm supposed to yield to that. No, 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 no. This is understanding, though, that we have to listen. Listen. We don't do that very well. We have made our minds up before we have any... Seriously. Okay? I'll use me. You and I, we get into a discussion, and you know what's really hard for me? is to listen to you. Because what I'm doing is I'm formulating my response in my head. I go back to debater and back to lawyer and back to those things that I was going to do before God said, hey, go be a pastor. I'm like, "Mm." That's what I go back to. And I'm sitting there, and I'm going... And I'm going, okay, this is how I respond. This is what I can say. This is going to say. Here's a whole, you know. One of the things I used to love to do was, was I would find the argument, hear the argument. And I would just love to go, dink, hole, dink, hole, dink, hole, dink, hole. And then watch him try to be like a little boy in the dike, trying to put his finger in his thumb. That was, that was joy to me. But I still have that problem. I still sometimes won't listen. And if I can't listen, I can't yield when it's appropriate. Okay? God's wisdom is understanding and humility that we have to listen and we need to be skilled in knowing when we need to yield. Next, full of mercy. It does not judge others strictly on the basis of the law, but will extend a generous hand of mercy. Next, full of good deeds. It can be seen by the fruit it produces. If you want to see, is the wisdom I'm sharing right now, is it earthly wisdom or is it godly wisdom? Look at the fruit. See the fruit. You can always sell an apple tree because of the apples. Sometimes it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be difficult. It has to just be simple. We have to understand that sometimes what we will see is the fruit. And that is how we'll be able to see this. Next, shows no favoritism. It treats everyone the same without bias. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. Shows no favoritism. And next, it's sincere. Without hypocrisy and done with alternative motives. It's a sincere thing. See, God, listen... God desires. Now, I want you, I use that word on purpose, okay? God, listen, if I said to you, my son desires this toy, what do you think of? Just think in your own head, what do you think of? If I said, 
my son kind of wants this, that's different. If I said, my son kind of wants this, you're kind of like, eh, he really hasn't made up his mind yet. But if I said, my son desires something, that is a majorly different thing. That means he thinks about it. That means he dreams about having it. That means he's planning ways to make sure that somehow that item becomes his. God desires to give you his wisdom. Desires. He sits there and goes, okay, how can I do this? How can I share this with him? How can I help her? How can I be a part of this situation in their life? God desires to do that in you. Every single one of you. He loves it. Listen, we sing songs all the time about God being a good father. Do you really understand what that means? It means as a good father, he is giddy about giving good gifts to his kids. Giddy. Listen, I want, I want to change your understanding of God. I want you to see God as giddy. Holy, righteous, justice, and giddy. You want to see me giddy? Christmas morning. Because I have planned for nine months on what gifts I'm going to get my son and my wife. And I have had them probably not only planned, but bought and hidden for the last four. And I'm sitting there and I'm going... Oh, boy. He's going to love it. Oh, she's going to love it. Oh, I, got, I, I listened so good, and I heard exactly what she wanted. Oh, and she's going to open up. She's going to go, how did you know? And it's going to be awesome. Listen, I don't, listen, you say, Aaron, why do you love Christmas? I love Christmas for lots of reasons. You know the best reason? Because I, I hope I'm a good father, and I hope I'm a good husband, and I love to give good gifts to the people I love. And I'm broken. I'm messed up. I'm sinful. How much more does our Heavenly Father love? To give gifts to his kids. How much more? How much more is, is your heavenly father giddy about situations? Listen, listen, you may be going through a difficult time right now where you need God's wisdom. And, and, and listen, I'm going to tell you this. And I really feel this is coming from the spirit. This is weird. But I just feel like God's saying, I am giddy about that situation. You go, but it's hard. It's difficult. I know. I understand it's hard. I know it's difficult, but you're going to have to come to me, and you're going to have to ask for my wisdom, and I'm going to give it liberally to you, and you're going to use it, and it's going to be awesome. So I'm giddy. God is giddy over you. God is so excited to pour these things out without alternative motives, without going, well, because I want this, or because I want that. Because he loves us. Because he loves to give his kids good things. If the worship team had come back up, we're going to close with number four. Because at the end of this chapter, to an extent, we, we kind of see what both of these things kind of bring about. And we, we, we see what is a result, basically, of, of, our, of earthly wisdom. And then we kind of see what is a result of, of heavenly wisdom. And it's quite simply... Earthly wisdom reaps confusion and evil. Heavenly wisdom reaps peace and righteousness. Earthly wisdom reaps confusion and evil. Heavenly wisdom reaps peace and righteousness. Now, as we have looked at this and as we've studied James over the last seven weeks... One of the things that we keep hearing, one of the things that we have to understand is this concept of action, application. And, and, and 
And so what I'm going to need you to do here is, is I need you to begin to, to think. And I need you to think about your life. Because we all find times in our hearts and times in our lives where we don't know where to turn. You know, I've often heard the phrase, you know, you come to a fork in the road, you know. I don't know if you're like this or your life sometimes can be this way. I don't come to a fork in the road. I come to 45 different forks. And I sit there and I go, God, what do I do? You know, I know you guys probably don't remember this that I do because it radically affected my life. But I think it would it'd be next week, not, not this week, but I think next week was, was the week that I came here and tried out. Got on a plane, Easton and Emily, we flew in. Nathan picked us up at the airport. Went and had lunch or dinner at Chili's. Came Saturday and met some of you and answered some questions. And then we spoke, or I spoke Sunday morning. And I don't know if you've ever uprooted your family and moved, but it's not easy. Especially, it's not easy when your wife grew up there. You see, I, I've been in Albuquerque for 15 years and loved it in a lot of ways, but it wasn't home. You know, home is kind of where you grow up. At least it was for me. But Emily grew up in New Mexico. And I remember we prayed and we fasted and we, before we even came, before, when we were going through the interview process and and, and we would just sit there and go, God, we got to have your wisdom. And, And here's the thing. In my mind, it made sense. In my mind, I went, hey, we've been praying about, we, we wanted to be in Colorado. We, we thought that was just perfect because it would be a good distance between my family and hers and, 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 and just, every, you know, we'd come and we'd visited and we liked a lot of the stuff and we just, we just felt like it made sense. But we also prayed and we also looked at it and said, just because it makes sense, just because it's a good idea doesn't mean it's a God idea. And listen, if this place is going to become what God wants it to become, it's going to happen because we have God ideas, not good ideas. I don't want good ideas. That's a weird thing to say. We want God ideas. We want ideas that come from His wisdom because He sees farther than we could ever see. He's able to see those things and understand those things. And not just in the life of this body, but the life of you. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through. Listen, listen. And this message is not about saying, well, I guess I shouldn't go to my wife or going to my friend or, or talking. No, 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 no. That's fine. You need to, you need to bounce things off people. But you gotta understand something. Okay? They don't make those decisions for us. We go first and foremost to our Heavenly Father. I look at it this way. I go to my Father first. I let my friends and my family confirm what my Father says, not the other way around. You see, God loves to use people to confirm His Word. 
But the problem is, is we think that it goes the other way. I'm going to go to my buddy or I'm going to go to my friend who has earthly wisdom at times. And I'm going to ask them and I'm going to say, oh, that sounds pretty good. Because normally what they say is stuff we want to hear. The easy way, the simple way. Oh, boy, that sounds good. And then we go to God and we say, okay, God, get with the program. And when everything falls flat on its face, we go to God and go, God, how could you? We all do it. Let's go to God first. Let's let's get his wisdom first. And let me help you all with something. I don't believe that God just wants to give us wisdom in the big things. I think God wants to give us wisdom in the little things. I think God wants to say, listen, I know you usually drive this way to work, but today I want you to drive this way. And he may not say why yet. Maybe in eternity he'll say, hey, remember that time? Yeah, this is why. Sometimes I think God just wants to get our ears used to hearing his voice and used to us obeying. So when it matters, we're ready and we know it and we hear and we obey. I don't just tell my son what I want him to do when there's a dangerous situation. I'm training him now in things that don't matter as much. So he's ready. God does that with us too. So even in the small things, even in the things that you go, well, that doesn't really matter. Let's get God's wisdom on it. Let's hear what God has to say about the matter. Let's not just trust our own knowledge and the knowledge that we we have in our earthly self. Let's go to the Spirit and say, God, what do you want from me? God, what what should we do here? What what, what should we have? And let God do that in us. Because God's ways are true and they are perfect and they are bathed in his love and his grace and his mercy and his peace. So if you're making decisions and you've got confusion and there's evil all around you, I think you might be listening to the wrong kind of wisdom. But if you're finding peace and you're finding righteousness, that's where God's will is. That's where God's direction is. That's where God's wisdom is. So sometimes we've got to stop. We've got to look at the fruit and see what it's producing in our lives. And if it's not producing what we want or what God has for us, then we probably need to stop doing what we are doing. I know this is complicated. I know it's not always easy. I know that definitely I don't do it very well. But today, let's take a baby step and get a little bit better. Remember, this isn't about perfection. It's about progression. And let's progress together, okay? Because I'm not there either. And if we're honest, none of us really are. So let's pray. And then the worship team is going to come and lead us in a closing song. Father, we love you right now. Father, you are so good. You love us so much. And Father, you are giddy about us. And Father, I do not believe in any way, shape, or form that takes away from you as justice. I feel like it opens our eyes to who you are in a completely different scope. But that our Father is not a a God or men in the hands of an angry God. But instead, we are in the hands of a loving Father 
who desperately wants to lead us and guide us and direct us. The people that say no is not you, it's us. And so, Father, right now, for my life, for the life of this body, and for every person within the sound of my voice, Father, I pray that today, not tomorrow, not next week, starting today, we begin to embrace and desire your wisdom. Father, we love the story of Solomon, who could have asked for anything. And what did he ask for? He asked for wisdom. He asked for wisdom from you. And Father, in our world that is full of evil, that is full of confusion, we, as your kids, need your wisdom more than ever. But God, I pray that it would not be knowledge, it would be wisdom. That it would not just be knowing the truth, it would be knowing what to do with it. We would know how to, how to handle that blade. We would know how to handle that tool. Because if we're not careful, sometimes head knowledge will do nothing but cut ourselves and cut others. Because I truly believe in our world today, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so along those lines, Father, not only do we want your wisdom, but Father, right now as a congregation, we pray over every card that is going to get into the hands of a teacher in this community. Father, we pray that they would literally, and I don't mean figuratively, I mean literally, experience your love in that moment. They would not feel the love of a church. They would not feel the love of a human being. They would feel the love of you. That they would not just know, but that they would have wisdom to understand that this isn't just an act. This isn't something that, that comes with a motive behind it. This is something that is pure a desire to express thanks and love to sometimes people who don't always hear it. But Father, right now, in our lives, open our hearts to your wisdom in every situation, in every circumstance. We run to you because we know you are the only one who can help us.